All right, welcome back to the Aviation RC New Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And today we have with a special guest, Eric Haddad from 3D Air Adventures. Say hi, Eric. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're Thanks welcome. for being here. Uh, Eric has, uh, we brought him on board because he does 3D, he designs 3D printed RC models. He's an RC model maker of 3D printing stuff. And he's got a whole lot of um, planes that are really, they're honestly not your typical planes. You have one that's, I'll call it a more traditional plane that people might might go for, but it's got so much detail that it mm-hmm. is not a typical plane. You, you did an amazing job with the details. Now. Thanks. Um, we'll, we'll get into some of that. I think, what is it, a, a B-17? Yeah, B-17. It's a yeah, one sixteenth scale, so it's pretty good size. Yeah, and it's got all, all the things. Mm, I'm just looking aligned. at the tires on that thing. Yeah, the tires are cool. <laughs> I went and I took picture. There's a there's a full scale B seventeen in Tucson, not too far from me at the Pima Air Museum. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I took a lot of good scale pictures there for that one. So Yeah, I picked, I picked little things to be real picky on. <laughs> nice. I, I hope we can get into what those things are because that's, yeah. that's always a curious thing, like while you're doing a design, which things am I gonna hold? As truth, mm-hmm. which things mm-hmm. am I gonna goof around with, like to make the yeah. design look better? Yeah. You know? So cool. All right. So anyway, th- that's what he's been on. He is um, your are your owner. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a owner. side business. I'm the sole proprietor. Sole proprietor of 3D yeah. Airventure. That's right. Um, and you could you could go to www.3dairventure.com, I believe. Is that correct? Did I get that right? That is correct. Yeah, and then. Awesome youtube.com slash 3d aero ventures awesome we'll have links down below so you can check it out and if you're listening live uh we also post those links in the little side chat channel so you can take a look while we're talking um in the meantime but we wanted to thank you for coming on and uh, as we always do um we kind of start our show um we, we you know we, we give some thanks we talk about our community we talk about our journey um basically because that's that's half of what this show is about is talking about what we've been doing in the hobby and kind of help People who started in the hobby might be frustrated. I know I had been at many points in my hobby career. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we're like, sure. I'm done. Forget it. Uh, that was, uh, we'll talk about that this weekend, um, the, <laughs> how it was this weekend. Um, but yeah, no, but listening to people talk about what they're getting into and some of the ridiculous fun they might be having kind of always helps help bring me back. So I yeah. always make sure that that's part of our, part of our discussions here today. So why don't we start? Um, giving thanks to our patrons um, for if you, you know, uh, for those people who felt that uh, what we do here is worthwhile, um, they go over to patron.com uh, at Aviation uh, RC Noob and they help us out by making a pledge to donate every month. We appreciate that. Uh, as well as even if you just listen, just listening and spread the word. Um, we appreciate your help and appreciate your patronage and your listenages. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, listen to just <laughs> I made it up. It's we appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, big time. Um, and honestly, in the community that we have over on Discord, we'll put a link to our Discord channel. Uh, Eric, you've had probably about a week of watching the nonsense that our uh, community gets into. Um, it's and it's especially uh, excitable as uh, Flayfest is coming up, and a lot of people are trying to finish their projects before they go, so they have some yeah. things to fly. Um, are yeah, you it was, it's kind of cool to see the cool to see all the activity going on. I mean, 
just in yeah. your couple little chats, and then there's some good 3D printing discussions going on. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll definitely be yeah. sticking around even for years after this interview oh, just, to, just to chime oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, you got me. No, it's awesome. it's good. I'm, and that's that's part of what we love about what we started here is the community. And um, it just, you know, they're active and they're excited to build. I built it around um, when we started this. I used this Discord when we when we started. I was kind of checking it out, but I was doing this contest on flight tests called Build Jewelry, which is build four planes in a month, get them up and flying. Good luck. So I'm yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're all going to be building like crazy. Why don't we just hop on this vid channel here? In this group, and I'm like, well, just chat because we're all. I'm almost guarantee you, we're going to be building every weekend, you know. And so a bunch of us did. It was pretty cool. So That's really we decided cool. it was something to keep going. So it makes right. it easier to be building with other people, and you're just chatting the whole time. Kind of makes it go by faster. Huh? Yep. Okay. Um, so with that, why don't we talk about our journey so far? What, what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks of the hobby? Eric, do you want to start? What you sure. Um, yeah, the last I got a couple of things I've been working on. Um, I haven't been doing a ton of flying the last few weeks. It's starting to get hot here. Um, okay. My latest project I just published that I um, did a YouTube video for a company called DVT Aero. Mm -hmm. um, and so I worked on I had to build a not necessarily a crate, but a shipping box. to Get oh. that to them. And I, I didn't ship it with, through the mail. We just, I hand-delivered it in Phoenix to the guy. But so okay. I, I, I bought all this foam, super soft foam with the little cubes cut out so you can oh, put yeah. pockets. Yeah. Um, I had to get a ton of them, stack them together. To, I mean, the, the planes, you know, 18 inches tall, the fuselage is that round. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it took some time. It's a pretty good-sized box to little pockets for it so he could travel with it safely because he wants to take it around or the company wants to take it to Oshkosh this year and display it mm -hmm. um, at a couple of different air shows and stuff so I, I so wish that, I were going to Oshkosh so I could yeah. see both your model and the the, the full size version I'm assuming yeah. they're bringing it too. I don't know if they're going to have it the full size one there Okay. Um, but we, let's, we can get into the specifics of that project later on yeah we um, will we will so yeah, okay, so I you've built, been working on that on the crate. Yeah, so I work on the crate, and then I've been where I had kind of put pause on a new project for the last week or so. But I've been working on um, an ultimate biplane, three D printable version of that, be oh, like cool. a 50, 55 inch wingspan, not too big, oh, not on. too small, but yeah, it's a good, um, good large, large park flyer size. Yeah, so I've got a bunch. There's printed parts behind me from that on the printers, and I know people listening can't see that, but. I've got mostly the fuselage and tail done and working on the wings. So, yeah, mostly been building and not so much flying the last couple of weeks. Well, that's okay. So, how has it been mostly just getting into the design programs and kind of you, and we'll get into the design process. Are you basically mm -hmm. taking a shell and kind of refining it so you can get all the parts and pieces in it? Yeah. In that outer I, shell? I typically work from the tail forward because, I mean, I'll start with just 2D sketches and turn those into 3D parts in CAD. And uh -huh. So I can complete. And then there's a lot of detail that goes internally to get the some ribbing structures and that sort of thing and, and okay. two, or areas for carbon fiber tubes, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. I'll get all yeah. this, yeah. all those fine details done 
from the yeah. tail forward so I can start printing the tail pieces while I'm moving forward on the fuselage. Uh, is so is that can... more an inspirational kind of thing? Like that helps you get excited about the rest of it? Yeah, for sure. Once okay. the physical parts start coming out, you're like, all right, it, it keeps you going. And it breaks up the monotony of just like sitting at the computer. Okay. Designing cool. the whole time. Nice. So nice. It, definitely. Cause I have to print, you have to print the parts in chunks, right? So like, <laughs> I can't yeah. get to a full plane until I finish designing the next chunk. So once you see it like slowly puzzling together, it's pretty motivating. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that's what I've been working on the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. Well, that, that sounds like it's pretty busy. I imagine those are quite involved. Which which part of you enjoyed more, uh, building the biplane or figuring out the crate? Crate was cool because there's something different. It's, yeah. It's... Um, be relaxing just pulling out little foam cubes you know <laughs> i have a wrap load of just random foam bits lying around in our garage so nice um we'll figure out what to do with that i could just make a little pit for my kids to jump in or something that's what i was gonna garage is a foam pit for, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a man <laughs> might have to charge people to stump, come use it yeah <laughs> my kids are come by <laughs> oh all right well, and I guess that uh, brings us to you, Joe. I know you've been busy. I've been building like a madman um, and have been enjoying it. So leading up to Flight Fest, which this episode will, I think, come out the Saturday of. So for anybody who's out there, hey. Um, but le so the weekend, last weekend, I went up to your place. That's when we were sitting down on the... On your back porch, that's the episode mm -hmm. that went up just this past Saturday, a couple yep. days ago. Um, we had a good time building and doing all that. And then I came home, and my wife was extremely patient and understanding uh, in that I wanted to get as much done on the front end before Flight Fest and not be mm -hmm. in the last-minute cram. So came home, immediately dove in, and was in the build channels every night pretty much and knocked out a... Uh, Knocked out the uh, skinned Spitfire, the second one from last Flight Fest. Yeah. Um, so you had printed out the the two sets of skins and only made one. So that's the second one that's been sitting there forever, skinned, waiting. Finally got it built. <laughs> well, so um, what? Now that you've finished it, uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, the horizontal stab is still curved. It's still warped. Uh, I couldn't okay. get it all out. So I'm curious to see how that goes down. All right. Um, hopefully this one won't die in combat quite so, uh, quite in the same manner. Because my, my one last year just kind of got winged. Um, mm -hmm. the, I, I took a prop strike right at the hinge of the elevator. Oh, no. And it, and it just kind of caught the corner of it. And it was fine, but it just started flying worse and worse and worse. I couldn't figure it out because... That tear was tearing more and more and more oh, across no. the back end. It's the slow <laughs> and, uh, death. Yeah, it was until I was like, man, this thing is flying like trash. And my spotter of kayaks was like, uh, I think your plane's been damaged. I can see light shining through the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, so I've built the Spitfire. Uh, I got the uh, Noob Wonder that... Uh, Sam sent us, and uh -huh. the decals put on that uh, Tony sent us, nice. and so that's that's nice and pretty and beautiful. And 
Um, how'd they how they turn out? Because I, 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 I haven't received mine. He's I'm, I'm the last one out the door. I think uh, in no. his list. Well, we know where you stand. Um, That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. No, I, they, I've already built four of them. I mean, I'm, <laughs> wait, count the big ones. I got six of them now. There you go. I'm, I'm not too terribly worried. I, I'm not going to be too upset. But, uh, no, I'm curious the, to see how the stickers matched up with the with the design we had and how they how easy or painful they went together. How was that? So the decals look great. Um, I took a little liberty because there was, I don't necessarily know his, what his intentions were for how they were going to sit on the wing and position and all mm -hmm. that. Um, oh, then I centered it up uh, as a halfway point between the center line and the wing tip. Okay. And made that my center point, measured out to either side uh, the half width of the thing. So I had my, my guide marks. And okay. then um actually measured front to back so i guess cord length but have that and that's where i put the uh tips of the diamonds that's wrapping mm -hmm. the the podcast sticker yeah. so that that is center of the wing okay and then i think it wrapped over the front of the wing and went to yeah. the underside a little bit and then i snipped off the the trailing excess off the tail cool um and then now for and I was talking to him in Discord about it. So the decals that go on the wing plates and the tail fins are ever so slightly undersized. Um, and I, I, I asked him about it. I said, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm curious, like, was there a miss size in the, in the speed kit or was this an intentional thing? And he said it was an intentional thing so that if people were, people had wiggle room. You know, if they didn't yeah. get it aligned right, but also they could stick it straight to foam and just cut mm -hmm. those parts out if they wanted, uh, and they weren't going to wind up oversized or anything. And so for me, I stuck them on and then just trimmed the foam down, uh, the excess amount of foam so it didn't show. And it's not going to impact, you know, the surface area of those uh, enough to matter. And they look great. Um, Sam, and, uh, Sam, Tony and I talked a bit about, you know, the... The decal cutting he's done in the past and his method of sticking, because it's like the tail feathers is that blue background vinyl, but then he's got the white feather highlights on it. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, how did you, did you by hand stick each one of those for how many decal kits you sent out? Okay, so it's a blue field and he stuck white like feather, feather in, and so it's not a cut it's it's a it's on top of right so it's it's the background field and mm -hmm. then you laid more same thing with your lettering okay is it's wow. the background vinyl and then the lettering and your numerics are on top of that okay wow cool yeah and so we talked a little bit about how he did that so that was kind of cool to to learn about so spitfire uh wonder oh um, guys in the Discord would have seen it, but I did up a logo for myself, which yeah. has been, that was an interesting process. That, that was part uh, of what I wanted to make sure you had for our big planes. Right. Make sure that you had a logo under. Mm -hmm. And I, I stink at artistic things, so I'm pleased that it was as easy as it was. Um, it turned out really good. So got those printed out, and they're under each of the wings of the noob 
Um, and then, yeah, we'll get big versions to go under the big noob. Mm-hmm. And then um, I finished that flurkin. The that nice. flurkin flurkin that's been sitting around for a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how would you characterize that, Bill? Because that is um, a very different kind of construction. It, um, I think the verbiage I used on it was that it was Master Series light. Um, okay. So it doesn't have all the curling of the foam, but you're getting you're getting the nice fun shapes through mm-hmm. geometric cuts. And there, there's um, definitely some complexity to the build. Yes. Uh, not too much that is, no. you know, beyond tackling, but I've not built a plane that had that much going on um, outside of a master series. So okay. um, it was enjoyable. It was definitely taking the time, you know, being slow, being methodical as you were gluing, gluing like the nose piece. Now, Eric, have you seen the flurkin? Yes, yeah. Okay. Did you buy the kit or did you just cut out the pieces yourself? Uh, so the kit was given to me by a buddy of ours that went with us last year, but mm-hmm. he had to catch a flight back home and mm-hmm. he had already opened it and started. And so he's yeah. like, I can't really take this on the plane with me. Okay. Um, That's so a cool, it's a real <laughs> angular fuselage construction. Yeah. It is. And so it was, uh, you know, get, get, really good too. get the pieces started yeah. and get all your bevel cuts made. And then it was basically just section by section, you know, throwing some glue down, closing it all Building the way the up to shells. its final thing, and then open it up to where it'll open, do some more glue and close it all the way up, and you're just walking it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out really well. There was a bit of glue from the back half of the nose uh, shell, I guess, that got glued to the um, lengthwise supports, longerons, I think Brian had called them a few episodes ago. Uh, and I don't know, because I can't remember where Jesse left off and where I picked up, but either he had some glue get loose or I had some glue get loose. Either way, it was a booger uh, to get that glue to let go. And it, it never really did. I had to take my hobby knife and stick it through the shell and just do swiping cut motions to try to cut loose whatever it was connected to. And that was just a process trying to figure out where it was hung up. Um, but I got that patched over. and I mean, if you look, you'll see it. But if you're just glancing by, you won't notice it. Yeah. Um, still some work to do on those. I got to put the power system in the Florkin, the Spitfire, and the Noob Wonder. Spitfire needs a uh, power system, and then the Spitfire and the Wonder need control hordens mounted and uh, push rods installed. But all the servos are put in. Nice. So you're closing in at the very end of all those things. Yeah. So I've been taking the past couple nights off so I can spend time with my wife or not yeah. be... 100% on that. Um, like I said, she was very patient and understanding. And so I wanted to make sure that I got as much done as possible quickly. And then as I have some spare time, I can tinker with it. But I'm not in that last two days before flight fest trying to cram out four planes. Come on, that's where the fun is. Just kidding. That's where that's... your fun is. No, it, it is not. It is not merely speaking of as... Speaking of your fun... <laughs> Tell us about so, this giant. <laughs> so in 10 days, we took uh, the patterns, made a second 
giant nuke. Um, did a lot of cutting, got the basic spar and box shapes, which we I then basically did the skeleton around that and built up the fuse and built out uh, the wings. And <clears throat> I apparently I was smart, but didn't didn't take good enough notes or didn't bother to look back at my notes from the first build that went really well. Um, because I was I was folding over the second part of the skin, you know, one of the wings. It's uh, I used all hot glue, and the problem with hot glue is you have a very short uh, time window. And I, I probably would have been better using uh, foaming glue, like a Gorilla Glue, or using maybe even wood glue would probably have worked um, pretty well. Aliphatic resin. <clears throat> Aliphatic resin. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue like magic. Um, and it sticks even better. That's what, uh, that's what Tom always says. Anyway, uh, he doesn't say anything about the magic part. All right. So, say, this is news to me. Yeah, that part's the first news. But he does love talking about aliphatic resin. All right. So, uh, but I didn't do that. So I went with Haklu because I wanted to kind of power through getting that product project done. I was hoping to get mm -hmm. it done in the week. <clears throat> and consequently, um, I hit a snag halfway through kind of rolling it over and it's tough to roll it at the same angle. So as it comes over, if one side gets on a little bit crooked, by the time you roll to the other side, now you've got like a, it's small three eighth inch, but you're also resting it on a three sixteenth inch wide piece of material. So one side's not resting on the material and the other side is overhanging, right? When it should have been just straight. And if you had material that was still setting, you could shift it. You know, you can make the adjustments and line it up properly and then put all your stuff on, let it, let it hang out until it's done. But hot glue is, it solidifies real quick, especially in a somewhat cold house. Um, air conditions on and, and that, it, boy, it's Well, especially when you're running as much glue as you run. So well, yeah, I mean, the we're front looking at end of that glue run will stay hot for a while. You're looking at a two foot by five foot wing, mm -hmm. right? So that's the panel that I'm trying to put glue in. I'm I'm running it at a like literally as I'm pumping out the glue, the heat the heat gun is cooling off. It can't pump it out at the same rate as I go. So I'm starting to lose time because I can't pump out enough glue. And by the time I get to the end of that, now the first stuff is starting to cool and set. And if I don't do the roll quickly and set it properly, it, it comes out to issues. Last time if I remember right, I had an extra hand. I recall, I think Amy was there when I did the roll. And mm -hmm. so she had one side, I had the other, and the roll was glue, 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 and go. And it was easier to maneuver because we had one of us on each side. This time I did it by myself, and <sighs> it was not as smooth. So then I heat it glued. It didn't sound as smooth. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, again, it was just off enough where I had to try to undo it. And right. I knew undoing it would be a problem. So I used a heat gun. And as I used the heat gun, I started to melt the glue and the foam and the paper, mm -hmm. burn the paper and all sorts of other things trying to fix it. So I decided to just cut a whole section off and put a new panel on. Just glued that down, called it done, and trimmed it up. 
So that would have been a far better solution if I had thought of that as it was happening. I would have said, oh, well, I'll just do it this other way. And while it would stink, um, it's better than getting that upset. Mm -hmm. uh, there's that. And then there was another thing with the fuse. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember what was going on where it, it some didn't set quite right. And it was. It was a booger trying to get it straight, you know, it was the it was the boards for oh, the carbon fiber to go through. Oh, yeah. But, so I remember now what I did. So now that we've got everything going and like half my tables are half filled with junk, I can't put the plane together on a level surface without like clearing off the whole table. Right. And there's no real good place for that. I, I basically did uh, was going to set it up on the floor. So last time I put the wings on the spar with the, the plywood joiners and I put it on the fuselage and I pulled it in and then I would rotate it down and mark it out and cut as I went until it was all the way seated, like rotated down in and seated. Okay. And then I pulled them up. I glued the snot out of them and I rolled them back down into the fuse pressed against the side of the inner box. And then all that glue on all the different surfaces ended up creating a very solid connection to the inner box of the fuse. There's like a two, there's a double box, right? Inner box, yeah. a trussing, trussing material in between, sandwiched in between that and the outer box. So there's multiple sets in there. I forgot about that. So <laughs> I tried to just set it in and get it good and had it level and all the stuff and it set too low. So I had to trim out the things in the, in the, uh, under the, under the wing so that when they pressed on, they'd actually press across the sidewalls of the fuse instead of hitting up against them, um, which isn't terribly bad, except now the back half is set lower. I had to recut all the back half and then all the joiners in between that were allowing me to put the, the horizontal stabilizer on. Those then Those had all had to be removed, all done, removed and put down and like a whole thing. I was like, oh, I forgot this. And that I was just like, it was, I was, it was one of those, you know, when you're at the end of the tunnel and all of a sudden somebody moves to the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little disheartening. So I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm going to do something else. So I lost a whole day of just sort of rolling my head around what I had to do and how it's going to come back to it with a, and a positive way to get to it and get get through it. And, you know, I ultimately did it. It wasn't as, as terrible, but it was some work. It was some finagling. I did get it. And as I was kind of resetting it, um, I realized what I had done the first time and wish I had done it properly <laughs> the second time. Um, but that's okay. I can definitely make some notes in, in the build log uh, on the flight test forums. Um, so that way, if anybody else wants to build them, I'm going to release the things I had to, that I had used for plans so that if somebody really wants to go to it, they're welcome to go build a three times the size uh, new wonder. Hmm. Um, cool. And so another way to kind of mentally noodle and get away from that uh, project here and there, um, I, I had the Hulk wonder was ready. So one of the times I went out to the park, I brought it and I gave it a, a quick run around the park. And that flew really well. I built the fourth wonder, which went super quick because I was trying to help um, my girlfriend with her build. Right. Um, as well as trying to get that one done. So I built another one. And I also put, uh, started cutting out an uh, FT arrow. It's basically a little flying wing. And it's got the Thunderbird livery, which is really cool looking. 
it's it's really striking in the sky. So I was like, all right, I'm going to build another one of these to bring to Flight Fest or just to have. So nice. uh, I did that. So that that's um, the other thing that's on my list is I do want to get to the project that Eric is building or has built for DBT Arrow. I have my own version of that made out of foam board, kind of a master series version where the, the foam, uh, the velvet tree foam board is rolled and curved and it looks kind of, um, it looks honestly similar to Eric's, although uh, his is obviously perfect. <laughs> Mine is made out of a jointed foam board. Um, but I got to the point where I had to roll over the wing sections and start framing out that, the box tail part, the side panels and the upper, upper control surfaces. I imagine and that'll be the most complicated part. It, it the, will, the and I, it is, and and that's why I was like, I have to think about this and make sure I have it correct. You know, I, I want to have it right, so I do it once. I don't want to yeah. have to do it once and then have to tear it apart and then rebuild it. Um, so I I have it mostly framed out, so it was, it was time to like I was procrastinating. And I think it's time to be done procrastinating and just put it together. Because the, the little one uh, that's already out there on the flight test forums done by JPOT1, it flies great. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy flying it. It's relaxing. Yeah. Another smooth, it's a smooth flying design for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good tendencies. And then, so we, we can talk about that. Um, Joe, do you want to talk about some of the things that have been going on with the uh the community in a little last little bit or do we want to move forward talking to eric um i can just briefly i i don't know what's going on with the with this foamy profile so i'll leave you to talk to the talk about that um i know monthly so a lot of people are building trying to finalize leading up to flight fest Mm -hmm. um so there's wonders being finished up and there's uh a myriad of things going on um Muttley uh, is been finishing up some missiles that he's planning on taking. This guy <laughs> builds missiles to fly. Um, I guess he oh. does like high alpha kind of setups with them. He does like a prop somewhere in the middle or on each of the fins in the middle, and he just flies it around. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, it's it works surprisingly well. Um, and we're at we also have tossed around the idea the other night about seeing if he could build a smaller um, missile mm-hmm. that would that would go under one of the noob wonders or multiple that would go under these giant noob wonders and then when we're flying them in one of the combats uh, he could be he or somebody else could be flying the missile probably him because he knows how to fly them <laughs> and, yeah, and do a launch like assist a, where we would dangerous. fly the missile up <laughs> and then do a release yeah. So he could fly the missile in combat. <laughs> so many good ideas. Um, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would actually come to fruition, but I'll be bringing a couple extra 9-gram servos in case. Yeah, right. Um, um, and then I'll scroll down to the bottom. So Bush Bushhawk RC has something going on with 3D printing. I don't know what it is he's printing. Do you know what that it looks is? Like a, it looks like a Horton. Um, yeah. Is that World War Two or like after World War Two German? Yeah, wing here. I'm gonna I'm gonna paste post it in the thing here, um, so that Eric can see it easy. Yeah, I saw. I've I? seen the pictures. 
Okay. Yeah, he's... Go ahead, uh, Eric. I can't remember. It's a uh, Horton two two nine. That's it. Yep. That's yeah, it's a Horton H O two two nine is a flying wing. It's a turbine. Has two turbines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. Uh, I don't even know if they ever built it. Yeah, I'm not sure they did, but it was one of those. Let's this concept mm-hmm. is working. Let's scale it up. Um, but he, of, he's a ton of concepts in World War II. Horton and um, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of different Fokker had a bunch of con- like they just knocked out a ton of concepts that they never built. Yeah, but, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so this he, might be might be one. So he's three D printing one. So it looks like he's coming along with it. Uh, some of the other stuff is people are starting to experiment with uh, hot wire cutters, and that's kind of what he. He built a quick profiler, but he was saying that basically he cuts out the shapes. Speaking about uh, Speeder Bike Dave. Uh, Speeder Bike Dave is one, and he basically uses his uh, needle cut. And so he'll take his, um, he'll take the plan form of the wing, and he'll have it needle cut the foam board. And then he'll put aluminum tape around the edges, and he'll follow that with the hot wire cutter. And he'll cut out full-size wings out of, uh, like, XPS foam which is expanded polystyrene that's a blue or green or pink foam that you find in hobby uh, and uh, mm-hmm. big box stores. And, uh, you know, and you don't even have to get that crazy. I mean, he put together a prof- profiler widget, uh, the simple widget or, or the, the widget is the plane that uh, flight test released mm-hmm. uh, a while back. It was like the, the water plane. Um, so he's just making a person. It's just the kind of variety that people are kind of getting up into it seems like there's a lot of people expanding their, their, I'll call it the foam board horizon, and trying to work into different ways of getting the same kind of thing, which is getting some really interesting and unusual planes up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see. Speaking of really cool, interesting planes in the air, let's see if we can. Oh, that was uh, a segue. It was a really great segue <laughs> to talk to Eric a little bit further about his company, 3D Air Adventures, uh, as well as talk about, you know, what you've been, you know, what you've been working at, where the inspirations came from, and why you chose the planes you did to design, um, you know, the 3D printing stuff. So, can we? Why don't we start with kind of where you got into the hobby? Uh, you know, how old were you? Where did? Where was it? You know, that kind of thing. And how did it grow into what you're at now? Sure. So, yeah, I can give you a kind of a, a good background. Um, I've always been into airplanes. I mean, ever since I was a baby. Um, and so, you know, growing up as a kid, my dad was real supportive of me and my brothers and our different hobbies. I was the only one into airplane stuff, but okay. kind of dove into it with me. Just started with like those little Cox control line airplanes oh, wow, um, yeah. and just flying those in the front yard. And then, to, they eventually came out with a lazy bee. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. The wing looks like a surfboard with dihedral wingtips. And... <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to call it. That's a good way yeah, to yeah. It. it does look like a big surfboard. Yeah. So that was my, technically, that was my first RC airplane. Maybe I was like eight or nine and actually managed to get a couple, like, looked like I knew what I was doing, flying it in the air. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just without any, you know, official lessons or training or anything. Then when I was 12, I asked for like, okay, I want a legit RC airplane. 
So we went, yeah. we figured out where the, the RC hobby shop was and went to the actually did it the right way with the flying field. And, um, so yeah, 12 years old is when I really got into like legitimate RC flight. And then basically then till I left for college, at 18, my dad and I would go almost every weekend. Um, so he was real, and then it just got bigger. But he was really into building. He's a pretty good builder. And he flew a little bit, but that he didn't enjoy it as much. So kind of had the best gig as a budding RC pilot as my dad would build them and build them well, and then I would fly them. So we started getting into, like, that's when 3D aerobatics started getting really popular. Um, or even it was still fairly new, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And so we started getting into the bigger gas engine stuff. and. 40% aerobats. Did you ever go towards giant scale or? Yeah, 40% scale. I still have oh, the 40% the scale. scale edge yeah. that, that he built. I still have that. That's um, so that's giant. Man. Yeah, that thing's 20 something years old. Now. Say, that also takes up a whole garage, doesn't it? Yeah, it's big. It's 120 <laughs> inch wingspan. And then a, a buddy of mine actually gave yeah. me a 50% scale laser 200. I don't know if you know what that one looks like. Really cool aerobat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I've I've gotten into the real that, big gas stuff in the past. Is that the one that I would call like a forehead wing? It's a mid wing. The laser. Well, yeah, no. There's some 3D uh, aerobatic planes that have like a second wing. That's like a. It's almost like a little delta that sits like right above the cockpit. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, those are they use them for pattern planes as well. Pat okay. doing uh yeah pattern yeah uh, that, that's one of iMac competitions and stuff mm-hmm. yeah the laser two hundred is a cool cool design so still okay. fly those nice. um but electric I'm I'm you know gotten got more into electric flight in college just the the technology was getting a lot better and um, battery mm-hmm. technology was getting better so I mostly fly electrics now but I'll take the big gas route every now and then right so. Very cool. Um, so from there, my my college engi- background is in engineering. Okay. Uh, worked as a product development engineer, actually for a jewelry company in Texas. Um, you wouldn't think they'd be that technical, but they they're a, a larger manufacturer. They have their own like fifty retail stores spread throughout the United States. I mean, okay. by by now they probably have sixty or seventy. But mm-hmm. and then they did everything in house, even like. They're very like design centric company. So even like the wood furniture for their retail stores, they had their own wood shop. They would make it there. Oh wow! Okay, wow. Everything was done in house. They they tried not to outsource. Even their raw materials. They had a raw materials department. They'd make their own like sterling silver and gold sheet and wire and casting grain. All the everything. Wow. Um, There's a control freak at the center of that company. Yeah, yeah. Or they just <laughs> actually it was a money saving thing too. Yeah, the more no, they can I'm control, sure. the more they save money. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of good reasons for it. Yeah. Honestly, it's <laughs> just like if a quick glance is like, oh, they wanted to be, yeah. they want to be in charge of everything. <laughs> I don't know. It has to be our way, which is. Funny. It was very. It, it was frustrating at times too, for sure. Yeah, but but being yeah. the department I was in was product development, so I was in a really yeah. cool position where I got to see different parts of the company, and get yeah. to work on projects in different areas and. Working at a jewelry as an engineer at a jewelry company really taught me like how to have an eye for detail and okay. how to blend how to blend art and engineering to make a product. Mm-hmm. So um, 
because basically a concept designer would hand me a design and say, okay, here, figure out how to make 10,000 look exactly like this. And it, you know, <laughs> it's an ornate piece of jewelry, right? Right. So uh, I did that for about five or six years and then started my own company just doing product development work for uh, individuals, inventors, small businesses to, to help develop their product ideas. Oh, wow, cool. So that's where so the, the, both of those jobs is where all the, the CAD skills and understanding manufacturability and 3D designing for 3D printing and stuff like that came in. Right, yeah, and kind of being able to take a shape and dissect it in ways to go, okay, this yeah. is how it has to be printed, this is how it has to come together. Exactly. This is the things we need to put into it to make sure it will come together simply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's a cool experience to learn how to, I could take a piece of plastic, whatever product off the shelf and understand like, oh, I know how to reverse engineer this and I could duplicate it in manufacturing oh, or at least cool. like know what processes to do it through. That's so, really cool. So yeah, um, I got into 3D printing real heavy when I was uh, running my own product development business because we, we do prototyping, either functional <laughs> prototyping or just visual. Um. So I started just kind of slowly adding more and more printers and different types of printers. Um, yeah. And then towards the end of me running that company is when I started developing a relationship with SolidWorks, uh, the company mm -hmm. that makes the, the CAD software that I use. Yeah. Um, for but, a long while, they were, if you were part of the Experimental Airplane Club, as it were, you would, if you're in that membership, you would get a free copy of... Yeah, SolidWorks, and I think now yeah. it's a limited limited edition. Like a, you can only do so many things with it, but I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, I think unless it's still you're building pretty capable planes at the same time, you're still pretty much full capability. Yeah, I think um, it's still it's cap definitely capable enough to do like a full aircraft design. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think they just it's not free anymore, and it's not unlimited. I think is the difference. Mm -hmm. And everybody, uh, there was a big blue about that for a minute but but yeah, yeah they, that's the one to go to you know yeah they used to give away basically a standalone seat to eaa members mm -hmm. that you can just load on your computer um they've they've gotten more to like an online model where you have to be connected to the internet right um which i mean it's good and bad they're trying to compete with another company autodesk makes a software yep. called fusion 360 that's really popular with mm -hmm. hobbyists newcomers yep. to cat Yep. And so that's where SolidWorks is trying to compete with them now to kind of take a little more of that yeah, and, have the and maker market share. <clears throat> There's a professional version of that too. Exactly. Um, yeah, they still have the $10,000 a seat like standalone on your yeah. computer. Now they also yep. have a hobbyist version that's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah, the Fusion is, is inexpensive, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. Um, yeah. yeah, so you're not going to have to buy half a car every year. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's so, the same. Okay. I, I actually use it because I, you know, I was helping them promote it when they came out with it. But that's all I use now, and it's just as mm -hmm. capable as the standalone seat. Yeah, they all, the seem, they all seem to have pretty similar functionality. Yeah. And that if you have an idea and you know how to navigate the program, you can get it to work. You'll, yeah, you'll get what you want sure. out of it at the end. It yeah. just may not be as smooth, maybe, mm -hmm. or as... Yeah, I mean, there's diff there's headaches anytime you have to have an internet connection just to use the mm -hmm. software. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some drawbacks. So but, uh, what got you heading towards 3D printed planes? Yeah. Right? So how did that journey start? 
so my my relationship with SolidWorks initially was they just paid me to make tutorial videos videos for their YouTube channel. So I okay. would hand them the video and they me um and they owned everything. And then oh, wow. so they actually have, they have a really cool department there just called user advocacy. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole department. They have a whole set of employees and the head of that is was in charge of finding a few content creators is what they called them initially to just develop content for them for YouTube and Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and so she we kind of tested it out. We were just sort of guinea pigs. Um, and they chose me basically because I reached out to them to see, hey, do you guys want any like blog content or anything? You guys looking for anything? And it was just good timing. They said, actually, we're, we yeah. need some creators to develop some YouTube videos for us. So we started with that. About a year yeah. in, they said, okay, now we're trying to target more like the hobbyist maker market right. because of yep. like what Fusion came out with. And so is there anything you're, passionate about that you could create your own youtube channel use our product to design stuff um and you own the content we'll just pay you to you know be a sponsor we'll be your sponsor oh wow um, cool so a lot of youtube channels don't start that way usually like you build a following and then you have, then you attract <laughs> right. sponsors so it was risky right, yeah. it's like part. oh we notice you've got thousands of people listening to you every <laughs> right. time you post we'd love exactly. to have you tell them about us yeah um, so they were really cool to take that risk like you have absolutely no followers and we we like <laughs> that the content you're creating for us so like what's something you're passionate about that you can start a channel and i said well I'm, i've always been in rc airplanes oh, wow, printing cool. airplanes just kind of started becoming a thing so like pretty lab print had already come out with a few designs mm -hmm. yeah um, so i knew it was possible i just had to like i guess i'll just right. figure it out if they could do it Right, um, I remember your X X one hundred kind of came. Is it yeah. X one hundred or yeah? Mm. It came out at almost the same time. I think that Spitfire kind of had Maybe, been released. Yeah, Everybody went, Spitfire. "Whoa, this is possible!" Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, exactly. So they were <laughs> definitely like they started that whole thing, and right. they're the and big then, inspiration for now. There's hundreds of designers designing their own three D printed planes. Yeah, exactly. They kind of yeah. gave the 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 pathway to yeah to make success. Um, yeah. That's how the so, channel started, and then cool. as I as I started developing more designs, I decided to start selling and make my own website. Now, did you like designs. make a make a video and then gave it to them, and they edited it? Like, at least in the beginning. And then no, when I, I was, learn, or did you you edit the whole thing? And I said, had to hey, learn here's, everything. Here's a video. They never, they never. Every once in a while, they'd give a note with like, actually, just change our like marketing shout out to this line. Oh wow! They never edited anything. Cool. I so, said about or like I would just pitch I had to pitch basically like a four video package for a year okay so they knew the subject matter but yeah okay it was nerve-wracking the first year I mean the first video was easy I basically took a uh just one of those giant foam gliders you get at Hobby Lobby and right. converted it to RC I did it was like a project I did with my son yeah you had like a, uh, a pot. I 3d printed a little pot like a motor yeah pot. That was my first. You know, I, so. I know a bunch of people who did. It was like two, was it three, four years ago? Because mm -hmm. I, I was at Flight Fest, and there was a lot of people. They they talked about you know yeah. doing that hook ladder thing, and there was a number yeah. of people who had that design. Oh really? They, they had printed out, printed and they were it. yeah, I made yeah, it. I yeah, just gave it and they had them. In, that was so much fun. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, that was that fun. And then I was like, well, next step is like, let's design a a full three D printable plane that's just a flying wing. Mm -hmm. but 
though, which it started out. I put that was my headline when I pitched it to him. Was like, I'm just gonna make a flying wing, and so that was a little. I had never designed a 3D printable plane that you know I didn't know if it was gonna work. Of course, I made it way more complicated than it needed needed to be. I was like, well, I've seen it. I've seen hundreds of flying wings. Let's right. make a totally different kind of design. Right. I I had seen this concept before with connected wingtips on a, a four, forward wing and a back wing, which is that back wing mm-hmm. basically acts like a horizontal stabilizer. But um, so yeah. that's when I I came up with that and in, in, I call it the infinity wing design. Right. Um, yeah, and it was a it's your X one hundred the infinity yeah. wing. Um, yeah. Now, and and that was sort of the first thing I saw that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks incredible. And then I immediately thought, I think I can make it out of foam board because that's yeah. what I do with every 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 plane I see. I'm like, hmm, yeah. I might be able to design out of the foam board. And people have, you know, but uh, yeah. it's really it's a really unique looking plane. Um, what what yeah. were the difficulties in that design? I mean, it was obviously some of your earlier uh, work mm-hmm. in that, but what, what would you say you overdid? I know you you made a V two. Yeah. Uh, can you just tell us kind of what the, the maybe the that things you did and then what did you shift to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it's a unique design. Um, there haven't been a lot of flying models of that style of thing, I guess. Um, no. So yeah, just my difficulty in develop. I have enough aer- aerodynamics knowledge, like to be dangerous, I guess, and to build models. Um, but, uh, designing this plane was really, I had no idea, like, where's the CG going to be? Is the back wing creating lift or do I need it to be more like a horizontal stabilizer? Right. So I initially thought it would be like a flying wing. Both wings would be creating lift. Mm -hmm. Um, though I had the CG way too far forward and there's a really, I don't know, there's a funny part in the video where I almost kill myself, uh, hand watching (laughs) it. So if you haven't watched the video, it's really it. The video took yeah. off because it was it was me just going through iterations of the design, and right, yeah, it's, I pu- really like publishing publishing all the failures and um. So I think that's why it hit a nerve with some people. So they were like, "Oh, this is really you are not just making it look all polished and actually showing that you like crashed the plane and almost into yourself." Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, the, the center of gravity was the, the big hurdle. Once I got that figured out, it, it flew awesome. Um, no. And so because the video garnered, you know, a decent amount of attention, there were a few people that contacted me about, hey, we think your design's infringing on a patent that I have. Um, and so I'll get to DBT Arrow in a minute, but the first person that um, that approached me initially was very friendly um right more and more i talked to him it didn't i i knew we just he wanted basically us to work together to to keep developing things around his patent i had my i had a my patent lawyer i knew a patent lawyer from my previous job doing product development for other inventors Mm -hmm. him review everything he said actually you're not i don't think your design infringes on his patent i wasn't wild and and the guy say i told the guy that he said, well, either work with me or we're going to have a problem. And I said, well, I don't like starting business relationships that way, so I'll just tweak the design this way. And I sent right. him the the proposed tweak, and he said, yeah, that'll get around my patent. And I said, okay, I'll do that instead. 
<laughs> so, so is that what the V2 was about? Yeah, that's why I, I had to take, he said, take it off your website until you redesign it. And so I, people were upset. I took it off the website like without much notice and then put a notice like, hey, uh, this guy threatened like to sue me if I don't tweak the design. So I remember it was a really simple tweak. The The wingtips used to be perfect. The, the connection from the aft wing to the fore wing was like perfectly rounded. Okay. And now it's more, it has, more? it has a fillet, but it's a straight a winglet now. So it's a mm -hmm. it's slightly boxier. And that now, wasn't a major is, change. Is that a airfoil shape or is it... Um... Symmetrical. It's a symmetrical okay. airflow, yeah. Okay. The whole wing is symmetric. They're both. Yeah. I call them wings. Both wings are symmetrical, yeah. They are. They're, they're wings. I remember there being a NASA paper about the idea of boxed mm -hmm. wings and increasing efficiency. It's essentially where the idea of um, the, what's it, the rotated inward wingtips came from. Where they the basically. Winglet. Yeah, the, well, the winglets and how they improved efficiency by hmm. by reducing the vortices drag. As, yeah, that's the as whole. well as creating a positive yawing action a little uh, bit. Not really, but there's yeah, the a biggest thing is the drag. Split. Yeah, you're, you're trying. That's why uh, there's a whole mess of all have all winglets. That. Yeah, those winglets do reduce the wingtip vortices. They're kind of that spinny, like a little tornado yeah. that comes off the wingtips. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's the whole point is like, what if the wing doesn't end? Right. And you're, you're basically eliminating the wingtip vortices. So it, exactly. Or, now, yeah, did I, you, did you do that basically from that kind of paper? Had you, had you read that paper? I saw, so I, my first year of college, I went to Embry Riddle University. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, the famous. one, there's one in Arizona. Yeah. I was doing aerospace engineering there and nice. the, I was a freshman, but we got to go to senior students like design presentations for their final project for the year yeah and one of the projects they had come up with just a rudimentary design of an an airline or an airlifter like a cargo plane yeah with uh, boxed wings like that mm -hmm. which was very like angular yeah though so i said it'd be cool to just do like a perfectly rounded like in 3D CAD had developed enough where you could just do perfectly blended things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I came out with that. Kind of, I, but that was the inspiration. So I had seen the connected box wing design before, so I didn't just invent that. But right. um, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know that 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 concept that they have was in that was terribly new either. Uh, yeah, it's been around. All right, it was like in the 60s. I think mm -hmm. we come out where they were looking at the yeah. Air, increasing aerodynamic fit efficiencies by doing exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, which is really so, cool. And then I was like, I wonder if they really did it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it, I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's some merit to the design um, or to that concept of a box wing, but I think, you know, the manufacturing can be difficult. Brings up some you know, manufacturing difficulties. And, um, but that kind of brings us to company dbt era yeah if you want to talk chat about that one well let me see let me just see you let's talk about quickly your other designs and then we'll go back to how that sure. how that original x100 is it obviously you you went and did some other things right it seems yeah. like you put together a pretty straightforward like let's if you've never flown before and this is part of yeah. what 
I like. Um, part of why I wanted what I wanted to highlight because our channel is built towards hey, if you're just starting out in this hobby, mm -hmm. how do you get in? How do you get in for cheap? If you've got a 3D printer, the Micro Sport Cam yeah. is a great little way to start off and get going because you have wow. it's essentially uh, very similar to the Aero Scout, uh, the yeah. uh, just a Horizon little Hobby uh, Aero Scout. It's, it's a little pusher airplane. It's it's small. It's lightweight. You can print it however many times you need until you yeah. learn how to fly it. Um, it's pretty low low part count and it's pretty basic. Yeah, yeah it's a simple design. Um, now, did you print that out of different things? Or did you use like a vinyl cover for the coloring? Oh, it's all printed. Um, there's a anybody who's done 3D printing is probably, or at least for RC airplanes, is probably familiar with this material. It's like a foaming plastic. Mm -hmm. It's a foaming PLA, so it prints super lightweight parts. So it's great for RC planes. Um, how much um, how much fiddling did you have to do to get it right? With that material? Yeah, or or was it kind of like, well, what they have in the package worked? Yeah, you know, I mean, it it worked. I didn't do a ton of like, and go through a ton of failed parts to get the settings right to print that material. Okay. It's fairly friendly. Um, I use cool. one that's from a company called Colorfab. Mm -hmm. um, I think they were the first ones to come up. Yeah, with they came, they invented it basically. So, yeah. um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Uh, so that if you print it out of that, it's sub two two hundred fifty gram. 3D printed okay. plane that flies pretty good, which means it's um, it's outside of the FAA regulations for yeah. um, remote ID. Exactly, that was that, that was the hot topic when I designed that plane. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it still yeah. is the hot topic, I know, right? I know. Oh my gosh! Anyway, so so yeah, that's a good one. Just to even just to build and you know hang up on your shelf it's 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 an easy one to get started with 3d printing so that was that was the biggest goal with that one was to like if you've never 3d printed a plane before here's a good little one to start with yeah yeah it is it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty straightforward pretty little mm -hmm. doesn't it prints out pretty quick as, yeah. as i can tell i think i only got like a wing and a half done and then i scrolled into some yeah. i think my my printer needed some work on it and i'm like oh mm -hmm. <sighs> but, and then i moved on yeah and then i started getting into more complex designs um, mm -hmm. my favorite, my favorite airplane as a kid was a, a wood kit built, uh, designed by Goldberg RC. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they closed in like the mid two thousands, but it's called, it's a modeled after uh aerobatic plane called the super chipmunk. Yes. Where, yeah. A few people repurposed the, the Havilland chipmunk that was a trainer in world war two. Okay. And souped him up and made him like aerobats. So one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I made a living off of the plane. His name was Art Scholl. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, so he toured like in the 70s and 80s and did air shows in a, in a super chipmunk. I just think it's the, I don't know, it's just got a lot of personality. It, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Now, that's uh, not the one that you scaled up and scaled down, right? That's a separate uh, project. No, that one, I haven't published the files. That's called a Stinger. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you specifically so, designed a plane so that you could either would decrease it by thirty percent ish, and, so or the base or model is like a exactly the base model is like a sixty inch wingspan, mm -hmm. and then you could just scale the cat the the STL files exact like a certain percentage and get a little forty yeah. inch wingspan model or all the way up to like an eighty inch wingspan, which is it's big. Yeah, eighty inches yeah. is, is sizable. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, the video. Really I've cool. done a video about it, but yeah, I flew all three. Fly WhatsApp well, yeah. What's that video today? It, it's pretty cool. Because so, what would you say you learned about that process? Because obviously, at that point, you have <clears throat> you have your design process pretty mm -hmm. set. I mean, a friend of mine said that you use basically a double wall yeah. um, for your design. Why did you choose double wall? A lot of the guys that are out there trying to put these things together choose one. My design style is a little different. Um, so it's not really a it's not really a double wall. Uh, basically, I I design. So let's just take the wing for example. Right. So when I design the wing in CAD, I hollow it out, but I leave the skin. 2.4 millimeters thick. Okay. And then when you print that with a single wall, prints that skin hollow. Uh, with like a, I put like a 5% honeycomb structure, so the 5% infill. Yeah. So this, what the skin ends up being is like corrugated plastic. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So the yeah. skin, if you were to measure the skin, it's 2.4 millimeters thick with a pair of calipers. Mm -hmm. It's only one layer thick, uh, and in between is honeycomb. So, yeah, if you imagine just folding, you know, folding a honey, uh, corrugated plastic into an airfoil sheet. Oh wow! The, the skin itself adds some rigidity to the airframe. Right. Um, instead of like most designs, just have a single perimeter skin right, with a bunch with a really yeah, with a like or really complicated like zigzagging ribbing structure. Yeah. So yeah, this is like, seen. yeah, this is a real simple, I just have, you know, maybe three horizontal ribs going along the okay. length of the wing, and then the skin itself provides some structure. And of course, okay. I use carbon fiber tubes through all the wings. Okay. Now well your hinges, do I remember right? Do you use, um, what do you use for the hinges? Uh, they they print it? in place, and then yeah, I use piano wire or a, a long, like one millimeter carbon rod all the way through like okay. the aileron. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. A lot of guys, I mean, it. The a lot of designers use TPU hinges. You just print mm -hmm. the hinges out of TPU and glue them in just like a standard RC yeah. hinge. Those are really easy to use. <laughs> yeah, they are. So. Yeah, it, but it's it's interesting because you were you went with a slightly different method. Yeah. We have a friend and that of was uh, I picked that up from 3D Lab Print. They they do okay. it that way. Yeah. Uh, what do you say is the advantage over the other uh, on the other way? Um, I guess just the potential for failure, like a, a hinge coming unglued or something. I, I don't okay. really trust CA glue on TPU, but I don't think anybody's really had a problem. Mm. Um, TPU isn't really great with adhesive, so. No, it isn't. Um, that, but the chances of carbon fiber breaking in a hinge is, I mean, it's not really ever going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That's kind of why I kept it that way, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, if you haven't seen the chipmunk, you did a great job uh, giving it an amazing color scheme. Clearly, oh, you take uh, great pride in putting together um, your color schemes. How long does it yeah. take you to put together some of that stuff? Um, um, I can even tell you like from from the design standpoint, too. Like, let's just say the chipmunk was probably 100 hours of CAD work. Um, but then once you've got got it all designed the printing is probably on that one 150 to 200 hours of print time there you mm -hmm. go there's the picture in the chat um and 
Yeah, the assembly is actually pretty quick. Just the raw assembly of you can do it in a couple days. Everything just keys together really well, lines together. Nice and nice. stuff. Well, good. And then everything has a build guide with like what hardware you need. So Yeah, and all this stuff, it looks like, is essentially available for free. All my designs are free now, yeah. Even yeah. the more complicated. I could probably charge, yeah, 60 to 80 bucks for some you, of the more yeah. complicated ones. but Especially, and we'll get to this last one here, and then we'll go back uh -huh. to um, DBT Arrow. Yeah. The the B-17 Flying Fortress, it looks like it's one of your last ones. Yeah. This this was... isn't just a, oh, it printed out, it looks like a pretty cool plane, it'll fly well. No, this is like a scale replica model. Yeah. It's, uh, that was a labor of love. For sure. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, why the B, why the B seventeen, why the detail? What was yeah. your aim, and how do you feel about that? So as a kid, I always wanted a B seventeen. Um, wasn't the most readily available. That's the beauty of three D printing is like I can design whatever I want now, and even like designs that have never been, or you know, mm -hmm. scale designs that have never been done before, as an RC right. model. The B seventeen's been done, but they were always like a complicated scratch build or, um. You know, just sort of a simple foamy or something. Um, I mean, nowadays you can get a pretty good one from Hobby King. But um, right. so that was the inspiration. I just always wanted a B-17 growing up. Nice. Um, and then Joe, I just Joe, are you taking up. a look at this? I'm looking at the B-17 right now. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, you get yeah, all the so, panel lines. I mean, hmm. all the panel lines, painstakingly done. I found some really good documentation on like where the main panel lines are. Um, so I just kind of committed to, if I'm going to do it, I want to make a pretty nice looking scale, scale one, including like the yeah. tire detail. The turrets had to be just right. Um, it, it's crazy, but when I first looked at the picture of the B-17, mm -hmm. uh, the tire was a thing that stuck out. I didn't realize yeah. those were, I, they, I guess you designed those tires for printing. Um yes. I thought those were just hobby tires you picked up somewhere. Cause I was like, those are some mean looking oh, yeah. tires. And that material, the actual tire portion is printed as well. And it, that's a really unique material. It's actually kind of like the foaming PLA. Mm -hmm. You make a foaming TPU. So it's flexible. It, it's actually as light as a foam tire you'd buy it, from a hobby store. Is that worth you? Would you say it's worth the price of the, the TPU? Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Daria Shore. Okay, I've seen it, and I've been tempted to buy it, because yeah. one of the cool parts I, I like is when you go, okay, I'm going to grab this tire. Yeah. Just having tires available and readily printed for your models, yeah. like all of a sudden grabbing landing gear is simple. Right. I think it's <laughs> so worth it. I mean, the just because your you're only tires aren't that big, that one reel will last you a long time. Yeah. Just okay. printing tires. And I... I provide the all the stuff's free. You can just you know, I have the tire yes. file in there for free, so you can print as many. T and, and it's easy to scale them up and down in in the slicer software. So, on behalf of all the people who are curious huh? and always wanted to try to get to like, what does it take to get this thing? Huh? You've done an amazing job in helping anybody curious to get in and have success. Yeah, that's a really great job. I mean, thanks. But I initially started charging for my designs. Yeah. And this is a side 
thing for me. Like I, I'm doing it anyway. I was doing it anyways for myself. Yeah. Um, and I already had the website developed. Like it's easy for me to put new stuff on there. And I was like, you know, I don't have a full time job. I don't really have the the time to do full customer support and run this like a business. But I don't want mm-hmm. people to not have access to the designs. So let's just make it free. Yeah. And it's a little selfish. The caveat is like I can't really give you customer service, but I do <laughs> a pretty good job with the build guides to hopefully. And then now it's gotten to where like RC groups some dedicated conversations on the builds for people to Facebook has groups and stuff. So it's cool to see how people have helped each other out to get to when the B 17 came out. There's people that are doing some pretty impressive builds. Their, their paint details really good. And one guy mm-hmm. cut out every single one of the windows and vacuum formed his own windows to make them clear and putting pilots in there and stuff. Wow. So yeah, that's that alone is a lot of work. It's incredible. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um. So I noticed you have a lot of detail on the engine. Yeah. On the engines for this. Did you basically do a? You you pull, you pull the file. You made the print, but you obviously put an extra wire and some copper in there or, or something else. Yes. Um. The to really bring it's out like yeah, really thin gauge copper wiring, electrical wiring, the red stuff. Yeah. And it's, then the rocker arms. Cool. Yeah, it looks really scale. The rocker I mean, arms are just yeah. carbon fiber tubes, little carbon fiber tubes. Okay, I see that. Yeah, little one meter, millimeter mm-hmm. deals. The cylinders themselves and the like ignition ring is kind of in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, those are printed. It's just, I've got to give this one a go at some point. It's, yeah, just, I mean, it's a it's an undertaking. It's a lot of parts. It's an 83-inch wingspan. Yeah. But you can see some pictures of it in the air. Um, it's just an impressive looking plane in the air. Um, it, flies, it flies really well, which is just the added bonus. So cool. So the, uh, the airfoils are scale. I looked up all the airfoils. Like it changes from the root to the tip. Mm-hmm. What the airfoil shape is. So everything's real scale. Okay. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd be clapping right now if. If I thought it would come through right, the mic. I don't like it. It's not going to come out right. But no, really, it's incredible. And of course, the little bomb bomb pot underneath. How durable are these models? I know the lightweight PLA tends to be a uh, little bit give, forgiving, it seems. Yeah. It's got some flex to it, like foam. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got, if you. It's not going to hold up as well as a foam plane. Um, it's going to crumble if you crash it. So there's not a lot you can do to salvage it if, you know, if it has a hard crash, but, um, yep. like rough landings, it's fine. Um, I mean, I've flown, I've, I have all these planes you see on the website. I still have the original ones that I fly. So it's not like, so you fly them a couple yeah. times. And then, yeah. They, they hold up really well. Yeah. Um, like it. So. Especially okay, so, when you when you did so the like different little, scale ones, <laughs> yeah. So like a little bit of hanger rash isn't going to make them. No, oh, it's easy. No, like I okay. the other day, I knocked the B seventeen off the table. Luckily, there was some like boxes and stuff to kind of stop it. <laughs> yeah, it it cracked a little part of the like a little chunk of the trailing edge of one of the wings came off, and you just glue it right back on with CA. Typical like foam hanger rash 
Right. But you're dealing with like stuff that'll, you know, it'll crack and put a hole in the wing or something instead of a dent. Uh, so. Joe, do you, this might be a good spot to bring in some of the, the uh, community comments. We've had some people uh, ask us some questions to sure. pass along to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can. Um, so, fella named Apis in our Discord, Devin, um, he'd been asking. He'd asked way back uh, a couple, what week ago when we were going to do it back mm -hmm. then, or when we mm -hmm. announced it. Um, he said, "Has he? Has he? You consider making a super guppy?" I don't. Know I saw that is. question, and it's funny that he asked that. <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> thought about that. So. Look up uh, Super Guppy. It's a NASA owns the airplane. What? It's, the, it's yeah. the ugliest, ugliest plane probably still flying today. But here's this is funny that he asked this because I guess I have to answer his question. Yes, I've thought about it, and I think it would be nobody would want to build it probably, but it would be a really interesting exercise. Um, that plane, there's only one. Maybe there's two of them still flying. They actually use it. NASA owns it. Yeah. They use it to to travel large, you know, ship large parts across the country. And it, like, I live in El like Paso. Plane sections. <laughs> I live in El Paso, Texas, and it's housed at El Paso International Airport. Oh wow! So the the fact that he brought that plane up, I think, is funny because I see it, <laughs> you know, they and I see it when it's flying around. I'm like, hey, the guppy's flying today. It's it's chrome on the top, so like the sun. Eats off its huge noggin. And it's flying, <laughs> and it's like it's impossible to miss when they're flying it out of out of El Paso to take parts to wherever they take. I bet that's impressive to see take off. Right. It it looks like it has no business actually getting into the air. Yeah, but it it works. I mean, it's it's got a very specific <laughs> job and something kind of cool about a plane that just is only for a specific function. And not to like look pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's ugly. <laughs> Efficiency isn't its key purpose. I mean, it looks like a—I don't know, like um, an evil villain, like a brainiac evil villain. Like mastermind. Yeah, would would have this plane? Or what's that one that Will Ferrell narrated? Or he was like the evil villain guy. He just has a huge brain, and yeah. That's yeah. not the prettiest plane, but yes, I have considered designing one just, just to, I don't know, people make fun of me. Uh, I think it, it'd be funny to see that fly in an RC version. Well, here's what I can say. I think, which I've been sitting on the Eclipse of Model B for like a year and a half now, uh -huh. um, slowly printing a couple pieces here and there as I get the printer working and then it quits working mm -hmm. right and you know that's an ongoing struggle but if i ever got to where i was able to print consistently mm -hmm. uh, and i got a couple planes uh printed that i have plans for i'd try printing that yeah <laughs> you know just to, just to do it because yeah. why not um yeah. uh so Devin, i was also curious you have all all 3d printed planes at this time but have you considered making some sort of a skeleton or a hybrid hmm. uh, that you would then uh, finish off later, either by skating with some sort of monaco or even foam? Yeah, I think foam, like a thinner, a thin foam board as a skin, would be a really good option. 
uh, Monaco, you run into trouble with the heat melting the plastic underneath, or even if it would, I don't know how well it would stick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that have done it though. That is definitely a, yeah, you could. The problem with the skeleton, like because of the size of, of 3D printers, there you go. Doing the ones yeah, the, the like, is small. Yeah, so you're not really saving that much time versus just building one. You, you're going to have a better results building it from balsa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the the beauty. Like, cause I like the larger, like sixty inch and bigger designs the best. Um, and so that size of plane, yeah, it, it caters more to like let's just print the whole thing, the skin and all. Yeah. Um, I would jump. I would jump a question, Matt, because I'm actually curious about this concept myself. Um, Bushhawk RC was asking. Uh, he's curious to hear about the possibility of using glow engines mm-hmm. on 3D printed planes. I'm curious about the gasser aspect and yeah. what what modifications would you have to make as a builder or even as a designer? Uh-huh. I think there's a few people have done it. Um, I'd have concerns with the vibration. That a lot, a lot of people have been printing out of this lightweight PLA makes this doable, but that's simply printing the plane as is and giving a real light coat of uh, fiberglass coating it, and you could probably put a glow engine on it just fine. And I don't think I there's it. issues of the glow of the fuel dissolving the material like it would with foam or something. Mm-hmm. No, not but, with um, the shell. Yeah, not well, for sure not with the fiberglass, but even the raw material by itself, the fuel wouldn't harm it. So I okay. wonder if some of the concern is temperature, but you'd probably still want to use like a a wooden mm. firewall uh, when you're yeah. doing that. I think some of the higher tint materials, um, like all the motor mounts I design, even for the electric motors, I recommend printing out of a higher temperature material because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that gets hot. Like an ABS? ABS or PETG is a like a friendly, it's mm-hmm. a very similar properties to ABS, but a lot easier to print. Yeah. It's safer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the papers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that would, actually that that material would maybe hold up okay to the heat of an engine, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Now I've heard of. I, I haven't done the gas thing yet. I'm still. Um, I want. Well, I don't want to say his name is Mike, uh, and I feel really terrible. The the gentleman that gave us the motors. Um, oh my god, David Yearsley, come on now. David Earsley, that's him. Ooh, I don't know man. why Mike. I don't know why Mike was stuck in my head. <laughs> David, if you if you listen, I am so sorry. Um, so I'm still sitting on a Zenoa uh, Zenoa G38, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've got. I've got to find a project for at some point. Yeah. But <clears throat> we need to do it this year, dude. <sighs> I don't that's know. Fun. Do this. I mean, <laughs> yeah, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So. I know with the electric motors, we don't have the ex- the the combustion re- uh, vibrations. Is vibration mm-hmm. really? I've heard that it's a thing, but is it yeah. really that big of a thing? Well, especially once you get into those bigger. I mean, the Noah's also are an older engine. Um, they're they're good. They're really good, reliable engines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, vibration is an issue. 
not so that doesn't cause any harm on like traditional balsa planes at all. I would have a little bit of a concern on a 3D printed plane. Is um, the concern the just layer splitting, and so the fiberglass is maybe reinforcing? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't have a concern if you fiberglassed over it. Then yeah, glow glow or gas engine would probably work just fine. What if you did some sort of like a spray in rubber lining? I don't know, maybe. I don't know if that would have enough bonding. Or even just coating in. If you, you know, sand all the material down and just put a thin coat of epoxy, helps kind of bond the layers together as well. Mm -hmm. Probably without adding a ton of weight. There's a guy, I can't remember his name, but he does some YouTube videos. He's, he's tested that theory and some really stiff airframes just doing that. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's worth exploring. Sure. Now um, that they're coming out with smaller gas engines and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that that's coming down the pipe. I'm excited about mm -hmm. that. What What would be your thought of if somebody were to say take, let's say they took your super chipmunk, mm -hmm. super chipmunk, yes, yep, um, and wanted to put a gasser in it, yeah. um, which I know there's potential problems with trying to get it in the nose given the the shape and potential motor mm. that you may be using, but there's a lot of, so like the gas tank and things that would need to mount up in there. Yeah. Um, would that be a, you know, just kind of figure it out as far as trying to try yeah. to get a gas tank and other things like the, the batteries and all that they need mounted in there. It probably wouldn't be much modification. Um, that, that particular design. I mean, okay. there's already, yeah, the place where the battery would go, there's room for a for a gas tank. There's already mm -hmm. holes in the firewall for venting and everything you could run the tubes through. Okay. Um, yeah, the only concern, this is untested, and so I don't, you, you definitely would. There's room to add a little bit of weight with fiberglass, though. Like, it would still fly well. That okay. added weight, it's a pretty flexible yeah. design from that aspect. Okay, cool. Is it, it is pretty sizable. It's not like a tiny. That's yeah, a sixty-four inch wingspan. Okay, so it can it can handle the extra weight and still yeah, fly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I guess oh. I'll lose sight of that looking at that picture because a few hmm. the. I think there's a picture of me holding it on the website. There is. I just again looking at the the main picture of it, but yeah, once you get further, oh, yeah. you see. Yeah, you standing beside it or holding it, you get a mm -hmm. better scale of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Oh. We had, I think there was just the one more question from the community, and then we can go on to the other things. And I know we've already kind of talked about your a bit about your three D design, huh. um, but Spitfire seventy six Richard was asking. I'd like to know more about how he goes about designing three D printed planes. It looks more involved than designing a foam board plane, mm -hmm. and likely requires some serious CAD skills. Yeah, that's the biggest learning curve. Is a three moving from 2D CAD to 3D CAD. Mm -hmm. um, the 3D CAD programs, or the one I use is called a parametric designer. Um, or you're you're still you're working with, uh, in three planes. Everything still starts in 2D. So like, let's just say I'm extruding out a wing shape. So all on horizontal plane. Let's say. Um, I'll I just. Think I, I think I saw because I was watching a video on 
designing and somebody was talking I don't know what program they were using, but they they imported the the three view and sized uh-huh. it all up and they yeah. would, yeah, like use a plane to draw their shape on yeah. and then say a, further out, so say like a wing, they do it at the root, they do it at a wingtip, draw the the plane out there or draw a 2d plane mm. there with a the wingship and then exactly. tie those two planes together in the third dimension to mm. extrude it from one to the other. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I do touch on that in my videos. So like you can get a, at least kind of a broad overview of how something comes together in CAD. Okay. Um, and I do use that technique where you actually, especially on the scale designs, like the B 17 actually imported JPEGs, of the design from each different viewpoint mm-hmm. and then line them. You have, it takes a lot of time to line them all up perfectly. So when I rotate my model, I can see the top view of the B 17, like just three view basically. And then I rotate it to see the horizontal view and both of those sketches line up perfectly. But just doing yeah. that, you start to see how the 3d shape is going to come together. Then you have to, yeah, you actually, those are just pictures. So you start modeling. Simplest way I can explain it is with a wing on the horizontal plane. Um, you sketch an airfoil or import an airfoil um, that's on a 2D plane. And then when you go back to your 3D environment, it's as simple as just being an operation. In this case, it's called extrude. Um, and then I hit extrude and say, I want to extrude that. A thousand millimeters, and it just pops it out. Well, the, yeah, Make then you you started with your first three D shape right there. Mm-hmm. You got a three D airfoil. Um, uh, I know if so you're yeah. changing airfoils, it's uh, most programs they call it like a loft or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So or a tapered mm-hmm. wing. Mm-hmm. That's that's as simple as you can get. It's just a simple straight wing. Then yeah, once you start doing swept wings or tapered wings, um, or adding like washout uh, towards the wingtip, then you start getting into more complicated operations. Um, okay. I, yeah, I could spend hours going into extreme detail on how to do it. Um, <laughs> but it's really... The good thing is, if you are interested in, in trying to get into 3D CAD, and like if you've, if you've used 2D CAD before, <laughs> it starts with that. And then, yeah, you can get into, into learning 3D. Um, so now there's options out there that are powerful enough to cheap enough to, for any hobbyist to get into mm-hmm. designing 3D planes like this. So I think the most popular one is called Fusion 360. It used to be free if you're a hobbyist and just using it for personal use. Um, so I can't confirm that, but check that out. And then the program I use is called SolidWorks. Um, they have a hobbyist version that's like $10 a month. Uh, okay. Some of my videos, you'll see a link actually that'll give you like twenty percent off of that for a year or something for people that want to try it out. Nice. Um, yeah. So that is, I actually that's all I use now is just their maker version. It's it's the exact same version as like their five thousand dollar a seat standalone engineering software. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to have an internet connection. You can't use the files for. Um, yeah, commercial use only for personal use. Yeah, you can't sell them. Hmm. Is that That's part of why your stuff is free? It's because you're like, yeah, I don't. Not really. I could still sell it because I I have a relationship with SolidWorks, so they That's they let true. me use makers. Their makers version is what they call it. Um, mm-hmm. Because I 
would help promote it in my videos and stuff. And they were a sponsor of some of my videos. Okay. Um, but I was already, before I ever had a relationship with them, I was already using SolidWorks professionally. Okay. Um, so which is why I reached out to them to see yeah. if they, they wanted some content. Cool. But, um, I got so. Last question from me, and this one's from mm. me, not from community. Sure. Um, let's say uh, it, we could take the Super Chipmunk as an example, but say you had another plane like the Super Chipmunk mm. that you didn't necessarily need to do all the the scale detail. You just wanted to take those three views, put them in there, and get the plane made. Mm. Um, so I'd say how long would it take you Mm. Uh, but then you've got a ton of experience. So somebody right. who's kind of getting their feet under them, how long do you think estimate it would take somebody to, yeah. to build that plane, um, uh, design it to then be 3d printed? Right. I think something like the chipmunk is it's, it's, uh, I, it took me about a hundred hours of work. Okay. Just in the cat. Um, you could do simpler designs, yeah, in 50 hours of work, something like that. But just start start with something real simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, I, I guess I would say pick pick one software and stick with it for a while and learn all the operations. If you ever want to switch to a different software, as long as it's another, like, parametric modeler is what they call it, it's fairly easy to switch. A lot of the operations are... Similar names. Similar. Yeah, they, they start to kind names, of. But they, they do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, you do start to kind of mm-hmm. fall in love with the process of one software versus another. Even, so. even with the Autodesk versus Bentley, mm-hmm. it's really just they reverse the the way you approach the the process. Like yeah. instead of saying, "Hey, I want to draw a line," so hey, you're going to draw a line. So pick a point, pick a point, pick a point, pick a point. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, pick a bunch of points and tell me what you want to do with them. Is there's yeah. the difference between the two programs? It's like, well, which which direction do you want to come at this? Exactly. And yeah. it, while it's very backwards, depending on where you start, mm. essentially they're doing the same thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so cool. Hey, quick, quick question for you. So one of the hardest things it seems to me that I've heard from complaints of, of people attempting to 3d print their planes and having either success or failure or like Joe and I who mm-hmm. who've attempted it and got halfway there and yeah. something happens with it. What what are your recommended recommendations for how to keep a three D print printing successfully, getting getting all the way through all the different parts and getting to the end of that print with without having too many interruptions that might stop you from finishing the project? Or yeah. are there like do you have just like hey I've got these printers seem to be uh-huh. far more carefree even though they're more yeah. expensive you will save right. yourself time wise. Well, what are your recommendations? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so from an actual 3D printer standpoint, like different um, brands, I can tell you the ones I use, but what's, what is it about them? You could look mm-hmm. for similar models that maybe are a little cheaper. Yeah. Um, the ones I use are called Prusa MK3s. Yep. Um, I have a kit, I think, is like $700 for the kit which isn't a bad idea. Like if you want to save some money, but the process of putting it together actually teaches you a lot about how 3d printers work and how to maintain them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done one of those, but all, most of mine are just the off the shelf, ready to print 
or I think a little over a thousand dollars. Um, it's an awesome printer, like plug and play. I, I rarely have to do any maintenance on them. I have six of them. Um, so it's like, you know, it's easy for me to print out a whole airframe in like a week. Yeah, exactly. And then they actually have a mini one too. So, um, that would be my top recommendation for a 3D printed plane printer. Um, but what, I mean, as long as you find one that has good reviews, there's different head styles on printers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's what, a style called the Bowden style. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, the actual extruder that pushes the material into the heated nozzle is stationary on the frame, and it pushes it all the way through this Bowden tube. That's that's um, mine. Right, which yeah. those are uh, really inexpensive. They're great, like entry level printers. Um, and the positives to those is the print head's super light because there's no extruder motor on it. So you can usually once you get it dialed in, you can print really fast. Mm-hmm. The negative is it adds a lot of variables with like back pressure with the the material having to move that far from the extruder all the way to the nozzle. Um, so. People have used those to print 3D printed planes. Like the Ender 3 is a really popular printer. Um, that's, yeah. That's what we have, yeah. Yeah. But I would recommend upgrading it when they sell an upgrade to a direct drive where the extruder motor is on the entry with like mm-hmm. right above the nozzle. So you have much less distance to go. Um, and that actually opens up your material options too because then you can start printing like TPU a lot easier, foaming yeah, PLA. A real pain. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would look for a printer that's direct drive. Um, heated bed is necessary. You have to have a heated bed. Um, mm-hmm. As long as it has, I mean, there's so many printers out there now. As long as it has good, re- really good reviews on Amazon. Um, probably okay. Yeah. But I, like, again, I've had, there's a lot of people in the RC 3D printing community that use Ender 3s or other Bowden style printers. It's just a lot more time to dial them in. Okay. Cool. I don't think I think the direct drive upgrade is three bucks, forty bucks. Yeah, Not I'm like... seeing I'm seeing a couple things where mm-hmm. it's like Crowdy Sprite Direct Drive Extruder Pro Kit for the Ender Three, mm-hmm. uh, uh, twenty two dollars. Uh, Amazon's got a Crowdy Direct Drive Extruder Upgrade mm-hmm. Kit. Um. Full assembled of MK8 for thirty-five dollars, um, and I'm seeing something for eighty dollars as doing mm-hmm. two hundred and sixty inch or two hundred sixty degrees high temperature. I don't know. I'd have to do a little more looking, but yeah, it doesn't look to be generally a, a bad price mm-hmm. upgrade. I was concerned that it was going to be like a hundred dollar upgrade or something. No, it's not like doubling the price of the printer or anything. Um, okay. Yay. <laughs> then the other other thing that t- I mean, the, one of the biggest things that leads to print failures is not starting out great with like a nice level bed. Um, so bed adhesion is like one of the most important things. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of the nice things that Prusa has that other printers also have is automatic bed leveling. So you don't have to manually level the bed every time. Um, so it just has a little probe before every print. It goes around and it touches nine points and and makes it'll in the software compensate for any out of level bit. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I got the I BL. Still, I still get wowed by that every time I hear about it. 
Yeah. Uh, so that makes a big difference because one, I mean, once you get that those first couple layers going going down good, it's just the printer's in a groove and it's usually gonna do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've got a BL Touch on mine, mm-hmm. um, and I actually had to so for the Ender, and I'm running like the Marlin firmware. I had to do uh-huh. a custom firmware build, which I watched a video on how to you know build it for my guy for my printer okay. and and enable the BL Touch and do all that and honestly it does the nine point but Mm. i kind of feel like i want to increase that resolution because i'm when i view it on the octoprint so i did get the octoprint server running on my desktop just to be able to check it out Mm. and i see some interesting uh like odd quadrants that are just like three are good but one's way out yeah do a bent bed or something like so i'd like to get a higher resolution but to do that i got to go into my firmware redo the firmware to say i need i want you to run a 10 by 10 right you know touch point kind of thing yeah yeah i don't know i i know any of those that you still can manually alter the bed it's just it's really hard to dial them in so that it's repeatable every single time um, I've heard that getting uh, stiffer springs helps with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of the big things. Okay. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that advice. We're depending on that. So let's get into what I'll, I'll call the meat of potatoes. It's the thing that caught my eye. I mean, your, your X100 project caught my eye way way back when you started that, um, and I've kind of been watching what you've been doing on and off. Yeah, thanks. As you go. Um, and so I've, I've always been interested. And then, then you pulled this project out. <laughs> I saw this project and I geeked out so bad. Um, so the second the Synergy came to my attention, and the Synergy is basically this little football on a flying wing. <laughs> yeah. That, that basically, imagine a really long, thin flying wing that just basically gets folded back in a, onto itself right near mm-hmm. and it basically goes curls back around and almost like it's imagine yourself touching your your children, right right mm-hmm. and then that's that that kind of thing is happening in the plane that's it's and, and that's all it's doing and then there's just a pusher prop in the back and off yeah. it goes and it's this really neat like way to reduce the width the wingspan of a plane while mm-hmm. still it doesn't look like it's really getting rid of the wingspan it still has all the lift you yeah. have of that full the full width as well as part of the reason why they call it the synergy is it has a synergistic synergistic um aerodynamic property where the pressure from the top of the front wing actually creates additional what efficiencies yeah with the lift and the and the, the rear wing and again we were talking if you look at the nasa box wing you'll see what looks like an airliner with where you flip over the airliner wing and have one sitting on top of the tail, kind of like right. 100. Mm-hmm. But this is a little different in that they connect it not to the fuse of the tail, but they, mm-hmm. they connect it back to the plane before it gets to where the pusher prop is. Yeah. And it's, it's a really neat, and the, the, the whole design concept behind it, I'm, I'm saying this only because this is where I geeked out, yeah. is that their, their goal was to create a very efficient, lightweight, commuter plane for four to six people for family and some mm-hmm. friends and just go from here to the other side of the state pretty much like that's exactly, kind yeah. of the idea behind it and it's 
and then they started making it out of you know CNC foam cutting you know big giant sheets and then doing a layup with you know aerodynamic grade you know carbon yep. fiber and all the exactly. other you know fiberglass layups and all that stuff and he's, look and he really does a good job of kind of highlighting the project in mm. his initial ideas and then all of a sudden he dips off the the part of the world right and it's like yeah. oh where did they all go like he was on the scene 10 years ago and they disappear yeah. and then i see this like this little blurb like three or four years later because he was originally um pushing it as not pushing it selling it as um a commuter plane for the average um commuter or not a commuter the yeah, average I mean, the initial commuter. yeah the initial goal was to make it a kit at least right. the inventor's initial goal was to make it a kit for it's, private it's only, aviation. Oh, that, that sounds amazing. I, mm. I, I'm in. You know, if I yeah. if, and then they're like, oh, it's only it's it's only hundred thousand or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not in. You know, like exactly. way past my. Anyway, so obviously he went with that. So three years or four years later, I see this. He pops up in some of the news feeds with he's at an expo and he's selling it as a short short range commuter plane. And possibly other things, and I was like, "Oh, so it's not the project isn't dead." Like I was worried that the project, you know, yeah. people have these ideas and they they look great, and he's proven the concept; it, it works great. I don't know if he's proven the efficiencies. I'm assuming that he kind of has, um, and then he disappears again for another, you know, seven years. COVID happens; that certainly doesn't help right. anything. And all of a sudden, you see this project on your website yeah. or on your YouTube channel. So on tell YouTube, us about. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he start the the original inventor's name is John McGinnis, mm -hmm. um, and he did a good job of explaining. I like your explanation of like look like you're touching your shoulder. That's one of the wings. Mm -hmm. So they call it a double box tail. It's like yeah. a double box wing. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, basically it's it's a fuselage with it looks like two boxes attached on on it with uh, as acting as the wings. Um, but so he started that in, I mean, like 2007, um, mm -hmm. make some progress, it would you know, fizzle out. So long story short, he's not, he's still the original inventor. He's not so much involved in the business anymore. And now they have some people mm -hmm. that, um, he developed relationships with that are, that's just their strong suit now, um, mm -hmm. they're better at developing business relationships and, and running a business. Right. So now it's starting to pick up some steam. Well, um, you know how it is. Have, engineers are not necessarily the best yeah. businessmen. They're not necessarily the best manager. Sure. But they will design the snot out of something. Yeah. <laughs> He's obviously a brilliant um, inventor and had like a brilliant aha moment with this design. Yeah. He without him even knowing it held up the progress of the project because of his lack of ability to give up control to people that had different skill sets than him or more appropriate skill sets to like run the business. So, um, they're now COO or mm -hmm. C yeah. Um, his name's, uh, Michael Duke. So he reached out to me, um, when my infinity wing, Video started, you know, getting a bunch of views. He was the other company representing the other company that reached out to me and said, "Hey, you think that design of yours, like, so he's like, congratulations on doing that. Really cool that you came up with that solution and made that fly." 
we think the design's infringing on our patent, go check out our Synergy aircraft. It's called a double box tail. Mm -hmm. What differed him and, and DBT Arrow from this other guy that reached out to me and said, hey, change your designer. We're going to have a problem. Right. Michael said, just keep selling it. We don't care. Um, it, what you're doing is really cool. Like you're you're providing a really cool product to the like, people trying to get into 3D printing. I just want to introduce myself and maybe in a couple months, like we're looking to do some different things with um, RC models or, or UAVs and maybe you could help us out in the future. Hmm. And so I said, great. Uh, so uh, he... This is, this I think, is realist, aggressive. Yeah, this in. is good. Thank you. <laughs> um, really nice guy. Um, hmm. And then I think maybe six months went by and he reached back out and said, hey, we're ready to actually, uh, we want to do some initially just started as like, we want to do some marketing around a scaled down version. We're, we're getting closer on our full scale doing test flights. And um, we just want to make some YouTube content and have a model to take around. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. But since, as we were working on the project, it's garnered a lot of attention um, from different companies that are interested in using that platform, like for UAV applications. Um, yeah, so now that that may become like a, another portion of their business, which is really cool. Um, so I'll give you like one example. Forestry industry was in, is interested in the design, um, using it to actually drop like small explosives to create controlled burns in areas that are high risk for wildfires. Um, so it's it's a really quick platform that can get in and out, you know, 30 mile range something like yeah. that drop create this controlled burn they've already got contained get rid of uh or help reduce the risk for that happening in the wild yeah, turning into some unmanageable fire that exactly you know, raging yeah. across canada right now or mm. whatever it was. so i think they use drones now but it's just they don't have a, a long range they're not as fast um no not with maybe, four motors yeah um <laughs> so yeah they just gobble up like battery power so this it could potentially some even that that have combustion engines um that would have you know an hour long range and mm -hmm. could fly 60 to 60 to 80 miles per hour and it's a really efficient design so they're using you know 30 percent less fuel than a typical model would so mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty cool so that's just that was the bulk of our relationship was like building them a one six scale doing some youtube content around it um, to just to kind of prove the design as a UAV application, even at that's considered a fairly small scale for UAVs. Um, but even with that, like egg-shaped fuselage could hold a decent payload. Um, and as it is, it was originally designed for five people. Yes. People. Yeah. What's up? Go. I was going to say I was curious how much, uh, like, what sort of payloads it could carry. Yeah, I think. I mean, at least the the three D printed one I did still you could still put like a kilogram of weight and um it would still fly fine so okay. it's not a ton at that size but the bigger you go like they probably build some quarter scale or third scale versus the full scale one and mm -hmm. have some pretty exciting possibilities well as you yeah. scale up your your wing surface area mm -hmm. uh explode so you can yeah. get that wing loading down the one six scale model was I never took it really past half throttle. 
Um, and it was flying at 60 miles per hour and just like a really smooth flying plane. Wow. Um, yeah. So just in, you know, having that sort of connection with it, with a radio could tell it was a really efficient flying plane. Um, yeah, which is so and cool. you've, you've <laughs> flown the foamy version, Matt, and it's just a real yep. stable, fun plane to fly. It, it really is. It's, it's a joy to fly. It, it can be acrobatic, I suppose. Like it probably it is, yeah. it's got a lot of, you know, ability, but at the same point, it just has this mm -hmm. presence in the sky that's fun to fun to watch as you fly around. Yeah. You can tell you I, I put a battery in there. I could have put a lot more in there, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, although this was just the very, very basic simple version. We'll put a link to uh J is JPOT one is the name mm -hmm. of of the user on the flight test forums. He created this really I mean very simple boxy version of this plane yeah. and it it's so easy to build and it's so good it flies off of a a small motor and you just have fun with it i mean yeah. really um so we'll like i said we'll put a link and then i'm doing a, a large size i don't think i'm trying to remember if it was a sixth scale i think it's a little bit a little bit smaller than that hmm. <clears throat> but it it's definitely big yeah. You know, but I mean, it's at the cool, same point, say. even though it's big, it, because it's all folded in on itself, it's really not that big. Mm -hmm. There's just no good way to kind of disassemble it. How did you, yeah. how did you manage that? Well, so the full scale, and we the 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 one I built is six scale, and it's an exact representation of the full scale, even down to the okay. airfoils and the R values and everything's the same. Um, and so. Awesome. The full scale, the elevons aren't split; they're fully articulating. Yeah, and they're designed. Everything's designed on the model to come apart. So the elevon is one piece. Mm -hmm. Main wing, the the winglet, winglet is one piece. The main wing okay. is a piece, and then kind of where the elevon meets the vertical stabilizer. Yeah, the rudder section. Yeah, the rudder section and the tail boom. Or one piece as well. Yeah. So the each wing splits okay. into four chunks. Well, I was mm -hmm. able to, I I could actually pack it in a pretty nice box for them. Yeah, I was um, going to say it looks like it could be pretty so, flat. At that yeah, point, with the exception of the um, football. Yeah. So yeah, that, having that fully articulating elevon and it and the ability to take it apart, so it's, it makes it nice. So the the servos are actually, I got real thin wing servos. Like they use them for gliders a lot. Anything that has a really thin wing, and so they're actually yep. mounted inside the wing, and it's a direct drive to um, the control surface. The rudder and the elevons, they don't have any push rods. Okay. Oh, direct, wow. Yeah. They're just directly yeah, the, mounted. The, the housing sits in the wing or something like that. And yeah, so like the elevon, the box of the servo sits inside the elevon, and just the... The control horn. Servo it's... control horn is sticking out a little and able to rotate. Hmm. You have to rotate it 90 degrees, and then you screw it like you put just two screws on the. Yeah, you basically, uh, instead of screwing from screw the top, it into the vertical the, stabilizer. Yeah, from the underside into the, the vertical part. And then much, from the yeah. outside, you have a, an ingenious little hole that then you can put the control horn back on the servo and screw that in from the side. And actually well, attach the control horn in the servo. No, I have the I have the control the control horn screwed into the servo already. 
have oh, to, okay. be, it's hard to do it without without showing pictures. Otherwise, you yeah. have it centered, right? Yeah, so you rotate the servo horn ninety degrees, mm -hmm. um, so that when so the elevon's basically like sticking all the way, like fully articulated when you're assembling it. Right. Mm -hmm. Then on each side of the elevon, you have access to the hole to mount screw in the servo arm, control yeah. horn into the further. Yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. cool. And then there's a little ball <laughs> bearing on the other end so that it, it articulates smoothly. Right. And then, so that's basically a carbon fiber rod. Is that essentially? A, 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 yeah, pretty good, good size carbon fiber tube going through mm -hmm. it that acts as the articulating mm -hmm. point. Yeah, it keeps it stiff. So, and, yeah. Because that, that was actually the hardest part about the, the foam model. If you build a foam model, put a barbecue skewer along the front edge of the top yeah. wings. Um, because they will kind of get get mushy, maybe. Mm. Um, because what he had done, he had basically created a solid plate across the front, and then the elevon was in the back half of the wing, but that's mm. really small. And yeah. it's not quite enough uh, structure in there to really do it. And he made a, another version that's a little bit more form-fitting. It's mm. still kind of boxy, but it's um, less simple. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple versions, and like I said, we're going to send you a link to the that's cool. Um, yeah. Build the uh, build thread so that you can kind of pull the plan. Yeah, I've seen the build thread on flight stuff. tests forums. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, so it looks cool. Yeah. So I'm and I, I know I've got mine. I'm trying to remember if I still have the plans for it or if I issued the plans, mm -hmm. and I just never finished executing the build itself. Yeah. Um, I can never remember. But sometimes I'll I'll, yeah. I'll do that and I'll issue everything. I'll be like, well, mm -hmm. look, if you want to build it, you go ahead. I, I'm doing mine. Yeah. If you want to do yours, cool. Let me know how it goes. Um, and sometimes like, uh, I'll just keep it to myself until I have a flying model and then I'll release yeah. the plans. I'll show that I have plans, but you know. Yeah, like, uh, yeah so yeah. unfortunately this, the 3D printed version that I helped them design, we can't release the files for that one. It's, mm -hmm. it's too close to the full scale. Yeah. Um, but we have been bouncing around the idea. We actually had a talk with flight test about maybe doing some sort of simplified foam board version um, that they That's could do awesome. as a kid or or even just like a either something for FT stem or little chuck gliders or to start mm -hmm. and then get more complicated from there right. just to try to start getting getting the design into some RC modelers hands the company's very interested in that okay so, sounds awesome like I said if probably reach out to that, that guy or and if I finish mine and it looks like we hope uh that mm. i hope um, i'm happy to it's one of those things that i feel like more people should be able to see that these are there are other ways to go about this yeah it's pretty cool um yeah i i would like if there's a way that so who do i i call what mike what's, what's his name i'm just kidding um <laughs> we can talk uh, offline uh, about that yeah i know right and just like oh his uh, his address is and it's <laughs> for all of our <laughs> listeners who want to pester him and saying, yeah. help us get a 3D printed model that we can all do. I'm sitting there. I saw that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I need I need to get hold of you, Eric. And yeah. I want to see if there's a way because I want to I want a version of that. That's the 3D printed version, the one that you can make smooth and, yeah. and really just enjoy. Because you can imagine going out to any RC field. And if you bring that model, people are going to look. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. People are going to ask you a lot of yeah. questions about it, and I think that's that's kind of what's exciting about mm -hmm. this project. Yeah, for sure. And it would garner it would garner attention for their company too. Like, yeah, if you want to learn more about the full scale one, like here's their website. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. But yeah, I actually met with him for in person the first time for the first time because I was handing off the plane to him. Oh, um, nice. He just kind of it was sort of in passing, but he's like, "Hey, just kick around the idea of like, what could you simplify on this as a three D printed version to make it more palatable for us to release the files?" Well, if you so, were to do Clark, I'm thinking um, if you did symmetrical foils for the top and a Clark Y on the bottom. Well, it, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not accurate. Oh, no, to what no yeah, it's just simplifying the airfoils would kind of be the, the quick answer. Right. And uh, you know that it would it would work. It just would mm -hmm. you'd have to probably modify the CG a hair. Maybe, yeah. If at all. Um, yeah, if at all. So, yeah, I I'm can't divulge too much about how it works now. Nope. But, um, but it's... Did I yeah. mention it's really cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's simple, but it that's part of their whole IP, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I know you you got to be careful not to not to kind of touch too hard on that. So one of the I things can, I can tell you about, like their business model, is interesting now. So they're what's that? As you can imagine, just having the goal of making a kit for private aviators is probably not that lucrative. Like, not many people are gonna buy no. a kit of this. Um, so the big thing with this design is the efficiency gains, how mm -hmm. much it could reduce the cost of private aviation, like booking a private aircraft to fly, if you would a private jet. Um, yeah. so that's, that's kind of where they're going is like, look how much cheaper we can make private aviation actually affordable for like a lot more people like are affordable for the middle class to just get five people on an aircraft. And hire that plane to fly somewhere. Well, like I mean, if you, you would look at a private jet. A lot of the a lot of the groups that go out to the Bahamas. Mm. It's one of those little little tiny Cessnas with total six seats. Mm. And they jet from Florida to Bahamas and back again. Right. And that's this is the kind of plane it's, for that, you know. Right. But that's, you know, twenty thousand dollars to make a, a trip. Whereas, you know, this would be quite a bit more efficient and still a, a pretty quick flying airplane but they do yeah. have concept like even as a piston engine it's, it's gonna be fast but um they have concepts for yep. turbine versions i was gonna say what are the what are the uh what are they expected i, I know they built a couple full-scale ones what are they expected uh not uh, what, what's the flight envelope that they're I'm not sure the exact uh, like i don't cruise speed like i don't see I'm anything sure on what the, the cruise speed is i don't know if they yeah. published it yet I yeah, guess would be, um, I don't know if you've looked up, if you know what like a Lancer is, it's a pretty high performance. It is. Uh, it's probably beautiful. something like that. Okay. Um, which is what, 280 knots or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It cuts your commute in half. If you're mm, a Cessna. Versus like a Cessna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cessna 172 yeah. or whatever you. So then, I mean, you get it. Half. Mm -hmm, if they could start get it into like turboprops or even turbine and you're just increasing your performance mm -hmm. um, and then they've got yeah battery technology is getting better they want to explore they have a lot of ideas but exploring like electric fully electric flight yeah right so yeah so it, pretty, yeah it's cool, cool. It, mm -hmm. it's one of those planes that excites me about as much and this this uh if you listen to the podcast too much um I talk about the Prandtl wing, which yeah. is one of those things. It's just like, mm -hmm. where 
why why isn't this being implemented in places? Yeah, I don't, see... I don't know why more people aren't going after um, that type of design. Yeah, so, I, and honestly, our big plane, I'm honestly looking at creating extender panels that are Prandtl wing panels that extend out. Cool. So that way I can, because the plane is currently blank, a bank and yank, because that's, mm-hmm. that's the way the combat plane is designed, right? Okay. But it would be really cool to be able to bank a little bit and start to yaw, like do a coordinate yeah. turn with it, and, mm-hmm. and then fly like that. Because then you yeah. just basically, you're just kind of flying level and enjoying yeah. the, the flight up there. And it, it, I feel like it looks, when that works, it flies so, mm-hmm. it feels natural. And I just one, I don't know why we're doing, we're not doing more of that. Yeah. That's one thing about this design and the Infinity Wing that I've noticed. They're basically, well, the Infinity Wing, I don't have a rudder on the right. hand launch version, but you don't need to do coordinated turns with it. It, it's a banking yank also, but you don't need to coordinate yaw into it. Just the way it flies, it kind of naturally does it. Does it? So it's interesting, yeah. And it's same with this. Mm-hmm. Is that because of the dihedral in it? Because when you I come up at a the, slight angle, it starts to... I don't know, I guess, yeah. Something something. with the box wing design. I don't know the aerodynamics behind it, but... Mm. Just, I noticed, don't, I don't use the rudder at all in flight for coordinated turns. The nose doesn't come up when you're even in big, like, high and it, alpha it, it banks. It doesn't drop. Yeah, so you don't have the outside wing dropping back, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, you know, adverse yaw. Where, yeah. Like, in, you know, in a Cessna, exactly. you, you start in the turn, and the, the whole thing will... Exactly. If yeah. you're not careful, it will... <laughs> it mm. will dip out on you. Like, yeah. Oh. But it's really fun just to see it do a banking, like a high angle banking turn in flight. So it's just fun to just do circles with it. Yeah. Wow. I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the same way with my little phone one. I mean, Joe was yeah. with me when we were flying it the, the, with the first or second time. Man, that's um, been a while back. It has, dude, it has been a while. Absolutely. Mm. That's all the way back when I, uh, Set my throttle override on the old fogey to zero. Uh, set the throttle to full and then turn the throttle override off. I think I had a CPAC in the fogey. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry. The old story, but that that yeah. old fogey went from uh, sitting there to in the air in like 0. 0.2 seconds. Yeah. Just <laughs> it was... gone. Yeah, talk about a stole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember you flying the Synergy and it, it looked like it was flying really well for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, so cool. Anyway, I appreciate you sharing the stories about that project. Yeah. I really genuinely cannot wait for you and uh, Mr. Duke to possibly come up with a solution that the rest of the RC community can kind of get mm-hmm. behind and try. Because I think, well, it may not have the same efficiencies if you're changing the airfoils and things like that. Uh-huh. I think it's enough to get a lot of people excited about it. This is a really unique airplane in today's yeah. world. Yeah, I agree. I think they came up with something pretty cool and, yeah, different. Mm-hmm. So, really yeah. cool. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for... So, okay, we, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that we've been looking to talk to you about, but we're missing one last thing that we need to do um, with you. It's called the lightning round. <laughs> so we need, for it. <laughs> that, that is, of course, a, a short round of quick questions that we, it's kind of a this or that thing. We expect you to give a quick answer. You can think about it for about three seconds and we just you give me you know, choices. 
uh, we'll give you choices, but uh, look, this is this is your answer. So answer sure. them as you need. Um, okay. But don't think about it too hard. It's a lot of fun. Sure. All right. So I'm going to start with this one, Joe. Uh, normally Joe starts that up. and But sit or stand? Stand. Pinch or thumb? Thumb? For flying purposes? A thumb. <laughs> <laughs> OpenTX, Spectrum, Futaba, Yeti, Utter. Spectrum. Okay. Micro, Park, or Giant Scale? Giant Scale. Speed or Slow Slash Glide? Speed. Snow, Water, Pavement, or Tall Grass? Pavement. World War One, Golden Age, World War Two, Jet Age, Commercial, Experimental, etc. That's a tough one. Uh, I'll go World War Two. Okay. Uh, build, print, or fly? Print. I can't figure that answer. Older <laughs> or newer? Did you say? Older or newer? Older. Two cell, four cell, six cell, or all the cells? Uh, six cell. Have you tried anything bigger than six? I don't have anything bigger than six. I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever joined them either. Make like a okay. twelve seller. Yeah, well, it's not like I have either. I'm just curious if. Yeah, no, I have. A lot of the helicopter guys will do that. They have a yeah. something that runs on a six, a twelve S. Right. A world. They, they join them in series. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they add. Yeah. V uh, seventeen uh, runs on two six cell packs. Oh, each in, like each in wing. Parallel. Uh, well, I have, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Foam, filament, or balsa? Filament. <laughs> Axis or allies? Allies. Landing, Landing gear or belly land? Landing gear. And the last, probably most important one is creamy or chunky? Uh, chunky for sure. Yeah, does it and... change if fluff is involved? Ew, no, I don't want fluff. It's like weird, <laughs> crunchy, too much crunchy, creamy contrast. <laughs> okay, congratulations, you made it to the end of the <laughs> lightning round. Da, 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 da. Oh, that was infuriating. Yeah, I know, you were, you were scared, I know. I was between Golden Age and World War II, I couldn't, I like, one of my favorite planes is the GB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would build I one sure. if they didn't fly so terribly. <laughs> they're not meant to fly they're, they're yeah. meant to just basically barely keep in the air yeah. if only the GB that's the uh, giant motor with little baby wings mm -hmm. okay. yeah. that's a racing yeah. yeah. and they fly awesome at high speed they fly great but yeah. landing landing's like almost impossible you have to come in hot yeah. and it just Did tries you... it's like porpoising in. yeah oh jeez I can't even imagine <laughs> That's got to be terrifying. Yeah. Well, uh, as I kind of worried and suspected that we will be postponing our history segment till probably after Flight Fest. Um, so we'll push that off for now because we've definitely, um, I, I don't know, I've enjoyed the time that we've had to speak to you, Eric. Yeah, thank uh, you. And I would not trade that for anything. So, um, but I think we've reached. Ditto. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that, uh, one, you thought we should ask? Oh, and um, also let our listeners know where they can find you if uh, if you'd like. 
Oh, I like all the questions and the fact that you asked your listeners to um, the super guppy question. Really, I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, appreciate him. Uh, Damien, is that what his name was? Uh, Devin. Uh, Dwayne. Damien. Devin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, appreciate him asking about that. And if he ever wants to see the real one, visit in El Paso, Texas. Paso, Texas. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. and you can find uh, my website's three D Aeroventures dot com. Or check out YouTube for any future content or check out the old stuff. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, youtube.com slash 3D Aerovatures. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be Excellent. sure to include those in the show notes. In as uh, Matthew says, and as Matthew Coville says, in doobly do. Yeah. In doobly do. <laughs> It'll be in the bottom, the doobly do, uh, the show notes. Um, so. <laughs> It's so, it's so good you're like I, I know exactly know what, what he's talking about. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so yeah, Eric's got to look on his face and says he doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, no, I think here. as long as the listeners know, that's good. I mean, you've probably been saying it long enough. They're like, oh yeah, I know what that. Is. Exactly. So no, I, I don't. We don't really say it here a whole lot. Matthew says it periodically. So Matthew Colville is a YouTuber. Uh, he does some YouTube stuff that. Uh, based on tabletop games and D and D, he did a lot of D and D stuff. But he always says, "I'll leave information in the doobly do," and it's the, oh, okay. the description no. below. Got it. So. The links will be down there. Got it. Yeah. Um, I only yeah, have so, time for like one nerdy hobby in my life, so I've never gotten into Dungeons and Dragons. But, I wish I could figure that out. Sir. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've got. I've apparently found time for all the nerdy hobbies. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> no offense to. The, Engines and Dragons, but I, I got RC Airplanes as my, my one nerdy thing. That's okay. Well, if I had six of those 3D printers behind me, yeah. that'd be my sole hobby, too. Yes, and 3D printing, yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, Joe, uh, Joe, do you have any further questions for Eric? I think that's it. Other than just, again, thank you for, for joining us. Thanks for giving yeah. us uh, your time. Thank well, you so for, much. Thanks for the invite. Really honored to, that you guys reached out to me. Really cool. Go watch that video on the synergy. Actually, go watch all of his videos. They're they're really well done. Honestly, what I when I saw what you've done, every time I'm always impressed. Um, Thanks, it's a yeah. really great. Like it seems like you focus on the story of the build, and mm-hmm. I find that to be probably the most interesting. I mean, you go into the details, but most yeah. importantly, it's the story of like why did I even do this? What did I get into? Yeah. How I did do. it go? And then <laughs> right. look at and then check this out. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty cool. I I really enjoy watching your videos. Yeah, I try to end every like every project you take on, and like I think every builder knows this is you learn something new, right? Mm-hmm. Where you learn like yeah. what could I have done better. Right. So I at the end of every video, I kind of think about like what did I learn throughout this whole thing. But I take it a little deeper than just like oh, I learned how to glue better with this type of glue. It's not something like a technical <laughs> build. It's more yeah. of like what life lesson did I learn in <laughs> ah. this? So yeah, it gets a little deep, yeah. but it's something I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. No, it's good. It's universally um, approachable. Like everybody. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. Oh. No, cheesy is good. All right. <laughs> with that, with that. <laughs> Joe, why don't you take us out? Do it All right, guys. Well, as always, we thank you for tuning in and listening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as we've enjoyed having it. Uh, Eric, I know we've said it multiple times, but thank you again for joining us. Uh, links to his stuff will be down in the description as well as ours. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. You can reach Matthew, uh, where you can send all your complaints at Matthew at aviation. Yeah. <laughs> 
rcnoob.com, or you can reach me, Joe, at aviationrcnoob.com. Join our Discord server, uh, and you may get a chance to interact with uh, Eric or one of our previous guests. There you go. I I put in the subject line complaints. That way, my automatic thing will forward it directly to Joe. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um. We got the Facebook group, so we had we still got the page up, but uh, we formed it as a group as well, so that we can more easily interact and see when things are going on. So feel free to uh, join in over there. Uh, if you're listening to this at Flight Fest, hopefully we haven't burned your whole day up or your whole afternoon. But if you get a chance and you see us out there, this will be Saturday, so it's kind of time's running short. Swing by and see us. We'd love to. We'd love to get to shake your hand. Um, we'll have a flag think, out there, so look for it. That's right. But again, this is coming out on Saturday, so we're all packing up or getting ready to. So oh, we'll be flying and stuff. That, that's when the big noobs will go into combat. Well, yeah, but they're not going to listen to it first thing Saturday morning. What? Why not? Because we're going to have too much fun flying and being <laughs> in combats. Yeah, fair enough. We'll be like an afterthought after uh, people start going to bed. Yeah, like, oh man, I wish I'd seen this before I left Philly Fest. All right. <laughs> well, all right, let's get out of here. Um, Joe, uh, thanks for bringing us out. That was good. Um, so, I boxed that whole thing. So- you crashed <laughs> it so hard. Oh, man. <laughs> I did a good job. Eric, thanks again. Appreciate yeah, it. thank you guys. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch up next time. <laughs>